Hi, this is Nava Hopkins, and welcome to SEO in 2023. Nava, what is your number one SEO tip for 2023? So this may come as a shock as a PPC in an SEO conversation, uh, but my number one tip is to get ready for a more dynamic SERP. Get ready for PPC and SEO to be collaborating far more than they already should be. Uh, so when we think about how much do PPC and SEO work together, that has escalated uh, tremendously. But the biggest catalyst for that is actually how much the content for paid media is blending with organic. You can see this in shopping, you can see this in images, and even in traditional search, you're starting to see tests where organic took the former, uh, former right-hand side of the page where it used to be just a stack. So definitely get ready for, for those uh, complexities. I'm especially excited about this when it comes to local because there are far more exciting local uh, placements to be had. Uh, but even in shopping, um, and particularly with video and images, as PPC now has the Performance Max campaign, and you're gonna see a lot more folks producing video content, image content. Get ready for, th for those uh, search result pages to really be a blend. Uh, and so from a branding consistency standpoint, we really wanna make sure that we're on point and we're carrying that same message through and being mindful that we're not stepping on, on branding toes as we communicate with our audience, either through paid or through organic. Okay, so we've got opportunities on a certain singular SERP for both brand and paid, I say brand and paid, organic and paid uh, to represent your brand as effectively as possible and encourage as high a click-through rate as possible. Uh, so obviously it's important for SEO teams and PPC teams to sit down together. How often does this have to be done? So are you saying that maybe on something like a monthly basis, SEO and PPC teams need to sit together and analyze the SERP together and devise a strategy together in, in terms of what the optimum way forward is? There is no hard, fast time that needs to, to be set. When I was in a tech SEO agency and I ran the paid arm, we had a weekly meeting that was just our wild and crazy innovation time where we chatted, we, we collaborated, and all client communication ran through everyone and we all were on the same page. That might not be tenable for some brands. That might be, it might be a quarterly conversation. What matters is that you are building in maybe automated workflows to get that data from the paid team into organic and the organic team into paid so that there's that constant flow and that we are not growing complacent in analyzing our search result pages. Uh, we really want to have a sense of not just what is happening in our world, but what's happening across the aisle. One really powerful tool for this, especially if you are just, you, you haven't run a paid campaign and, and you're, but you need to kind of get a sense. Google Ads has a free ad preview diagnosis tool that will actually give you a sense of what those SERPs look like. So if you don't want to create SERPs in the wild that actually count against your metrics, this is a really powerful way to get a sense of what's happening on the pages. And it can also give you a sense of what's happening in the account and what might be uh, causing paid campaigns not to serve. So there, there's a couple of, of different benefits there, but I definitely, definitely recommend at minimum a quarterly connect, but you can connect every day, you can connect every week. Like the, the point is, is that you're, you're collaborating and that you're automating as much data sharing as possible. So if SEO and PPC teams can only sit down once a quarter, what's something that an SEO team can do to make their results suitable for a dynamic SERP, i.e. Uh, their results will be just as effective in multiple 
different types of environments? So there's two really big things. Thing number one is to remember that from a paid standpoint, a lot of the good is is going to borrow from organic. So when we think about paid versus organic, one of the common misconceptions is that paid is for transactional and organic is for research. And that's just blatantly untrue. Organic is just as powerful, sometimes even more so at driving that value. So please make sure that as you're looking at your creative, as you're looking at, at your landing pages, as you're, you're looking at your title tags, that we're building in that transactional intent and we're building for humans, not the machine. One of my favorite stories about kind of average creative is that that uh, the human mind came up with average ads. Google does their automated ads and, and the automated ads actually performed better because they were like, it was average ad to average ad to average ad and Google gave more attention to, to the to ads that it created. So if you build average creative, if you build average experiences, you're going to perform poorly. Whereas if you take the time to really think about how can I drive more value? How can I direct the user to the right spot? How can I engage them in a meaningful way where they consent to being tracked in this first party data world, this privacy first web? You will do so, so well. And so that, that will go great. The other really important thing that will tremendously help is to be very mindful about what kind of domain structure you want. How are you going to be setting yourself up? Because there are a lot of cases where people will try to share domains and then you fight and there's stepping on each other's toes for rules of engagement. If you know that there is always going to be conflict, you might want to think about splitting out to have a subdomain versus a main domain for you have your main domain as your organic subdomain for paid. And that way you can really control how users are, are engaging with you and, and you can really have that, that really beautiful tracking. I think a lot of people will try to force, especially in e-commerce, all of the traffic to go to the main domain. And there, there are sometimes instances where you, you really do want to have that separate domain. But if you have to share, just please make sure that you're, you're being mindful about tagging for out of stock, that you're being very upfront and you're building in enough of a leeway time for redirects because redirects cause disapprovals. Just being mindful of that because there's nothing, nothing worse than paying money to drive traffic to a bad page. And there's nothing, nothing worse than having that those top five spots, like you're, you're in that top five organically, but your page just is, is bad. And so you just want to be, be careful there. It's funny, earlier on in your point there, you were talking about um, how automated ads were actually often winning uh, against um, human designed ads. And that made me think... If they're average. Yeah, if, if they're average. But that, that made me think, does Google actually advocate AI-driven content for paid, but hate it for organic? So I had a really fantastic conversation. I'm going to give a, a shameless plug to Cindy Crum. She is one of my absolute, absolute favorites in the mobile space, particularly mobile SEO, but mobile in general. And she was caught really unawares by how much close variants are, are a thing in paid. And in looking at the most recent update, uh, granted, this is August of 2022. So, so just looking at more, be upfront uh, with, with your creative on the SEO front. Don't try to cheat the user. AI content is not necessarily the answer. Content that is good is. Uh, so Google is inclined to believe that its tools are good. So if you lean into Google's automations, what, whether that's the ads that it automatically creates, whether it's leveraging smart bidding, whether it's leveraging smart campaigns, Pmax, all, all of those things, it, they tend to get more screen time than a campaign or an ad if, it, if both exist that the human 
fully owns. Whereas if you have just things that the human fully owns, it's, it's a little bit easier for that to get screen time. So you just have to be mindful that when you use automation, it can do a lot of good and it can save a ton of time and, and it will do amazing things. But you just have to be mindful that the things that you specifically create might struggle to get screen time, even if your thing might be a, a smidge better. So getting back to dynamic SERPs, and how do you actually measure the value of a dynamic SERP? So if, for instance, your result is going up and down, appearing in local packs, other areas of the SERP, how do you keep a track on things like click-through rate and, and traffic from the SERP? Uh, so one of the things that, that I particularly uh, focus on is brand lift on whether I'm, I'm getting more brand lift off of local uh, map pack versus, say, traditional uh, listings. Like that's that's something I, I monitor quite a bit. The other piece that I will look at very, very carefully is how much am I getting paid queries uh, for traffic that I'm also getting organic? And is the bounce rate better, worse, or the same? So if I see that uh, paid is weaving its way into organic SERPs, but the performance is poor, is poor, I will start to exclude some of those queries because I want to let organic shine. I don't want to pay for, for that traffic. Conversely, if I see that paid is doing great, I might double down on paid so I can really own that SERP and then still have that organic placement there for, for when I, I, I need it and actually start to build out content so I can get those supplemental SERPs. This includes video though. I cannot overstate how important it is to build video into your strategy because there are more and more SERPs that, that require video. I will say that when I look at particularly e-commerce, but also on the local side, um, this goes for local service ads, the Google Business Places posts, so on and so forth. Video tends to improve engagement. I, I don't want to give like a percentage because then like where, where do these stats come from? But like it definitely improves the engagement, and I can then build an audience to then really focus on it. So so video is pretty powerful. Is it um, best for brands to have a YouTube channel and embed YouTube on their own website or have their own self-hosted video or, or video service that is only accessible on their own website um, for potentially improved stickiness, or does it not really matter which is best? I am always team YouTube plus place on LinkedIn plus place on, on Facebook plus host yourself because the more domains you can have that have that content, uh, the better. From, if, if your goal though is to improve Google placement, YouTube is one of Google's toys, you will improve your standing by playing with Google's toys. It's just fe feeding in the content into the system. That said, one of my favorite things to think about, and this is a shameless plug for Microsoft, a lot of Microsoft content can actually be pulled from Facebook. So as you're starting to maybe think about your Microsoft plan, especially if you are, you, you love what you get from Google, but you just, you wish that it maybe had a little bit more control. You maybe wish that it was a little bit more transparent on the data. Microsoft ads and Bing can be super, super powerful. And the content that you get from those other hosted spots uh, definitely will feed in into uh, Bing. So you don't have to do as much work. So yes, get it everywhere. If you care about Google, prioritize YouTube first um, and, and really Make sure that you write out really documented descriptions make so that they're highly searchable. But definitely don't be afraid to, to post on Facebook, post on LinkedIn, that that content then will, will serve not just on, on Google, but on, on Bing and drive that much more traffic for you. 
I also said that brand consistency and user experience will be more important than ever. I think you answered brand to a certain degree by talking about the importance of paid and organic working together and creating that more fluid brand experience on the SERP. But what about user experience? How do you optimize for user experience? So another completely shameless plug for the Microsoft side of the house. Microsoft has a free tool called Clarity. It is one of my absolute, absolute favorite gems. Every single digital marketer, excuse me, I have a cough coming, uh, needs needs to get this installed on their site. It does not impact site speed like in any meaningful way. It is, it is so, so fast and it will give you full transparency into user behavior from recordings, heat maps, comparisons if you want to run A-B tests. It's fantastic. So I strongly recommend... Microsoft Clarity. It's a lot of the same functionality as things like Hotjar. It's just that it's free. So free is good. And and what you can then do once you have that installed is you can see what the user journeys are. Do you find that you're getting people clicking on things that they think are buttons, but they're not? Or do you find that people are getting kind of stuck in a, a weird render and, 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 and you're like, oh, wow, that explains why people are bouncing is because this is this is rendered really poorly. Obviously, things like site speed tests are, are great too. And, and be mindful about colors and, and kind of the subconscious feelings that people have around different colors on, on, on the internet and fonts is all good. But the most actionable advice I can give you, get Microsoft Clarity installed on your site and look at what your people are doing. So you've shared what SEOs should be doing in 2023. So now let's talk about what SEOs shouldn't be doing. So what's something that's seductive in terms of time, but ultimately counterproductive? What's something that SEOs shouldn't be doing in 2023? We talked about this and I had two answers and I think I'm going to go with my testing one. So one of the things I find uh, very troubling uh, when it when it comes to, say, seasoned professionals is that we get very, very confident and comfortable in what we know. And we start to lose the luster of, of the industry because we get so comfortable in this is how things are. We, we have kind of our same game plans when it comes to algorithmic shifts, like we have like the same cycles. And you know what? We need to test more. We need to be willing to fail and we need to get out from our, our comfort zone and test one new thing a quarter just so that we can make sure that we're, we're staying current and providing value to the brands that we serve. Uh, one of the worst things that you can do is to assume that you know everything because then you will know nothing. And I, I think that there there is definitely a pattern of we get to a certain level of excellence and then we plateau. And the biggest challenge I think we all face uh, as incredibly talented to digital marketers is how can we make sure that we're staying, we're, we're keeping our teeth, that we're, we're mean, remaining current. So test one new thing every quarter, come up with a wild and crazy idea and test it. And if it fails, you know what, then you have data that it, that it doesn't work and you can test something new. If it works, wow, look at you. You just found something really amazing and incredible. And this these tests don't have to just be in content or tech SEO, they, they can be in CRO. You can test something with your paid friends. You can test something with social. You can test something with in-store marketing, uh, in, with traditional, like come up with a test, but definitely don't lose your fearlessness. Uh, don't get complacent and risk averse tendencies. Def definitely test. And if I was to ask you for one resource or one software platform to assist with testing, what would you say? All right. So I've said Microsoft Clarity a lot and it is really fantastic and I, and, and I, and I love it dearly. But it's, this is actually not going to be a software. This is going to be more of a holistic uh, answer. I would find a buddy 
who is your testing accountability buddy, someone that you love and respect that is maybe in a, a completely different company, a uh, completely different industry, that you come at things from the same way and you can share your tests, your your ideas and, and have that sounding board and, and that kind of check-in that this isn't your boss, this is your friend, that you're, you don't want to let your friend down. So yes, there are tools out there like Clarity, Hotjar. To be fair, you can look at app preview diagnosis to, to review the SERP. So you can take a look at Google Trends to get a sense of what ideas to, to look at. There's a, a plethora of tools, but a friend that will hold you accountable for, for running tests that you love and respect, priceless. That is that is the best tool I can, I can suggest. Nava Hopkins is CEO at navahopkins.com. Nava, thanks so much for being part of SEO in 2023. Thank you so much for having me. Get your copy of SEO in 2023, the book, over at seoin2023.com. 